Hi, and welcome to another episode of Priority Status by JPR. I'm Heidi Doak, a Senior Vice President based in our Nashville office. Joining me today is Emma Reynolds, a freelance writer specializing in all things luxury lifestyle, real estate, and travel. Today, we're specifically talking about what will be trending in the luxury real estate space in 2024. And with that, hi, Emma. Good morning, Heidi. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining me. Before we jump right into trends, will you please tell our listeners a little bit about your background and what drew you to cover luxury real estate and lifestyle specifically? Of course. So I'm a New York-based luxury lifestyle writer, and I currently freelance for a variety of publications, namely Rob Report, Forbes, Mansion Global, Business Insider, and some others. I've been in New York for about six years, and my career in the world of luxury lifestyle you know, really began when I was an editor at Elite Traveler, a private jet lifestyle magazine. And it was really there that I began specializing in the world of luxury lifestyle, which included real estate. And you know what I love personally about covering the luxury real estate market is that it's very aspirational and it's connected to so many other exciting categories like architecture, travel, and interior design. And it's you know very indicative of where ultra high net worth individuals are spending their money and their time. Love that and couldn't agree more. I love all the complementary areas and aspects of luxury real estate from design and art. And I think that's what draws me to it specifically as well as I love how it complements travel. And that kind of really brings us right into trends um, for what you're seeing in this new year with the branded residential theme. So is that something that you felt was a standout trend this year that you see bleeding into next year? Or what are some of the trends that you anticipate from this year carrying on well into 2024? Yeah. So right now, branded residences are trending across the board and it's sort of all anyone can talk about. You know, it's nothing quite new, but just the amount of condos that are coming onto the market is just incredible. I think there's 700 branded residences and that is expected to double by 2030. These are from brands like Four Seasons, the Ritz-Carlton, St. Regis, Amman. It's like a hotel and a home in one and appealing for buyers who seek a certain lifestyle. So it's like kind of owning your favorite hotel suite and feeling like you're permanently on vacation, but you have the top level service and you know you feel like you're in a residence. And yeah, I think we're definitely going to see this not only... Um, next year, but well into the next decade, particularly in the Middle East, Dubai, the leader in branded residences by far. But in the US, Miami, New York, I mean, I feel like every day there is something that's coming on the market. But what's interesting about branded residences, it's not just hotels that are getting into the mix. Um, It's car marks. So Porsche and Bentley, but also jewelry and fashion houses as well. Um, Dolce & Gabbana, Missoni, Bulgari. And what's exciting is some hospitality groups like major food group are entering the market as well. It's so crazy to think that that's going to double by 2030, but I believe it. And it's because you just pointed it out. It's other brands dipping into this space. It's not just your typical what we're used to from the hospitality brands, but seeing some of those other luxury consumer brands 
joining this growing industry. So that's that's really interesting. Can't believe we'd be we'll be seeing that kind of growth. In terms of next year's luxury real estate trends outside of branded residences, what do you anticipate seeing a lot of next year? And what does it mean for luxury home buyers? Yeah, you know, that's always the big question people want to know for every category, what's next. But I think one of the biggest luxury real estate trends will be experiential amenities by far that transcend traditional luxury. So experiential amenities can be defined as those that kind of encourage like discovery and creativity and really engaging in your living space, you know, beyond just it's a place where you sleep and eat and, you know, kind of live your life. So a lot of experiential amenities that I'm seeing um, are, you know, things like recording studios, makers studios, hobby studios, gardening areas for residents. And this goes for luxury condos in major cities that are really ramping up their amenity spaces. They're all, it all feels like they're kind of trying to out amenitize each other, you know, adding partnerships with five-star spas and travel concierges. It's really just about all you can do under one roof that meets both your needs and wants. And this also goes for hobby-driven buyers too, for single-family homes. So, you know, I think the pandemic really, of course, forced us to reevaluate our life and what we love. And there's a huge demand for homes with private vineyards, equestrian properties, tennis courts, or even, you know, golf lovers who want to have their own private golf hole or putting greens. You know, people are really focusing on like the, the lifestyle benefit of it all and um, what they really love. Speaking of um, what people really love, I mean, you're spot on with the amenities. Out amenitizing each other is definitely a name in the game right now. I feel like as we're thinking about brand partnerships for our current real estate clients and what we're reading across all of the luxury titles, it's how can we add to the lifestyle and be an amenity that somebody needs or didn't know that they needed in their life. Um, So that's interesting that you hit on that. In terms of Manhattan specifically, a lot of what I've been reading is the uptick in the luxury home market in the city specifically. But what else are you seeing in terms of Manhattan or urban luxury real estate in general? So it's an interesting universe because on one hand, you have high interest rates and inflation that may deter some luxury buyers. But then on the other hand, you have these ultra wealthy clients. They're not too concerned about interest rates. And you know, from that standpoint, there are a lot of dynamics in play. This is a part of society that will buy their way right through the real estate market. They'll pay all cash and break down that wall. So ultimately, you know, interest rates don't really affect them. And because of that, the supply issue right now in Manhattan is so real. In terms of you know the luxury and the ultra luxury offerings out there, it's really pretty, pretty small. You know, there's a shortage there, um, and that has caused prices to absolutely surge. International buyers are now back and you know scooping up some pretty impressive pieces of real estate in the city. But you know, in terms of sort of the greater New York City area, I think. Brooklyn, of course, nothing new, but it's been such a growing luxury market and people want more bang for their buck. There's more outdoor space. There's slightly larger floor plans. And if you're in a condo, you get those epic Manhattan views, which I mean, it's just amazing. And so some of these new exciting developments, I think, are even kind of luring over the lifelong Manhattanites, which is also really exciting to see. And going back to the amenities, 
portion that we discussed, I know for years and years, golf was the most sought after amenity and it still reigns supreme in terms of the types of communities and outdoor activities that many, many luxury or second home buyers are seeking. But what other amenities are you seeing outside of the home or in private communities or resort style communities that high net worth individuals are looking for this next year? Yeah. So golf, like you said, still huge, but also pickleball is just absolutely massive. And so is paddle, um, which is a hybrid of tennis and squash. So for the physically active home buyer, these types of amenities you know, including state-of-the-art fitness centers, really just dedicated Pilates studios and, you know, all these great things are going to be huge, you know, not just now, but in the coming years. But yeah, pickleball and paddle. I mean, that's all anyone can talk about right now. So I think that's definitely gaining steam. And then what I find interesting is private resident-only restaurants. So we're seeing this heavily in New York and Miami. For example, in New York, there's Central Park Tower, and they recently launched you know, a private members light club that has these really exclusive culinary experiences um, you know, by Michelin-starred chefs and you know, really great wine menus from you know, renowned sommeliers. And so that's going to be growing for sure in the next few years. It's really just creating, you know, this five-star service in a very intimate setting. We're seeing that a lot here in the Nashville market as well. It doesn't surprise me. I think for a while it was priority reservations or a certain level of VIP status at some of these amenities and services being offered. But now it's private resident only um, having that club type environment where it feels ultra exclusive or you can be yourself where it, you don't feel like you're competing with um, the public or other, you know, if it's a resort style branded residence, you're not competing with any of the overnight guests for a space at your favorite restaurant. Exactly. Yeah. I also feel like we've been seeing and reading a lot about, of course, wellness. Wellness is not going anywhere. It's only increasing, but I feel like Plunge pools and saunas are definitely on the rise in terms of amenities that are being added to homes, whether that's a urban luxury condo or a sprawling estate in you know secondary market. But I feel like these plunge pools are really taking off as well. Oh yeah, it's huge. I mean, wellness in terms of like fitness and yoga and meditation, of course, are huge, but it's really, yeah, really thinking about adding these great amenities. Like you mentioned, the plunge pools, infrared saunas, even juice bars um, to your home where you really get the full-fledged wellness experience. But, you know, for many, I think wellness has also evolved. It's the materials you use to construct your home. You know, more people are really conscious about using non-toxic materials, um, using local materials, and then also really emphasizing biophilic design. So, of course, the most obvious element of biophilic design is this strong connection to the outdoors through indoor-outdoor living spaces. But again, back to the materials, it's also present in the materials you're choosing that you know make you feel more connected to nature. So using wood or stone, implementing water features, you know, wellness is approached from a very holistic point of view for homeowners. 
that's really kind of practice what you preach, right? We're seeing a lot of people talk about going the sustainable route and buying electric vehicles and trying to decrease their carbon footprint. But it really comes down to that holistic wellness in the way that you live your life and bringing it all the way down to the products that you're using to either custom build your home or the brands that you're aligning yourself with if you're looking for a second home or an urban style residence and making sure that that's all within your overarching wellness idea of what wellness means to you and your lifestyle. Absolutely. Another thing I wanted to mention is the technology aspect is very important. So app-based technology that controls your air filtration, your water filtration, um, you know, lighting that adheres to your circadian rhythm for each bedroom, antimicrobial surfaces and saltwater pools instead of chlorine. So, you know, it's, it's pretty endless. And then in terms of just the home product lines, like you mentioned, there are so many brands out there that are great. Just some that come to mind for me right away are Koyuchi and Avocado. Koyuchi is like a leader in, you know, in the circular economy, um, sustainability realm. And I think we'll definitely see something, you know, see more sustainable product lines from more well-established brands as well, because that's, you know, increasingly important. In terms of just anything else that you've been seeing in the real estate market for this next year, do you have anything else to add? Yeah. So I think we'll start seeing a lot of secondary markets getting more popular. Maybe it's because the main hubs are becoming kind of overcrowded. Certain people might be getting priced out. For example, Palm Beach, it's not a new, it's not a new hotspot, but they have tons of development going on that are catering to the financial institutions that are relocating there. And, you know, maybe people who have lived in Miami forever that, you know, want maybe a slower pace of life. But also cities like Houston, San Antonio, Tampa, and Memphis, which have the benefit of being closer to the larger cities, but have their own character and flair. I was just reading yesterday that Portland, Maine is a surprising up-and-coming luxury real estate market and one that you know I don't think a lot of us anticipated. But you're spot on with these secondary markets becoming ever popular with the luxury buyer. I think it's all about space and almost the sense of discovering the next big thing or seeing, you know, how a new market can be an adventure or a new place of discovery for either second home, third home, or investment property. Yeah, absolutely. And just to kind of add on to that in terms of where else people are going, you know, the dollar is strong right now. And the UK is just crazy right now with American buyers. Um, There was a Knight Frank study that said in Kensington, which is one of the wealthiest neighborhoods in London, that one in 10 buyers this past year were from the US. So I think we'll kind of see people start buying overseas a little bit more. But yeah, that's, that's exciting. I love it. Well, thank you so much for helping outline what trends you're seeing in this space this next year. I think it's going to be a really interesting one to keep our eyes on and it's ever growing, especially in terms of wellness and amenities. So something that, you know, I'm sure there'll be the next paddle or pickleball amenity that we'll be talking about or some way AI is being involved in the way buyers are approaching the luxury market. So I'm hoping to stay close with you on this. And I really appreciate you spending time with JPR on the Priority Status Podcast today. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Heidi. And I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.